Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Good morning. Y'all all right? Are you sure? Come on, talk back to me. If you can't, you can't say good morning, we're gonna, it's going to be a long day. I'm going to make you start saying all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm really glad that you're here. My name's Keith. I'm the campus pastor. If it's your first time at Renew Life, welcome. We're really glad that you've joined us today. Hope that you got a lot out of worship and um, just believe in God to touch you in the message today and speak to you. Uh, before we jump into that, I want to uh, take a moment. I did this in first service, uh, but I want to honor our volunteer of the month. Uh, this, this, this little lady here, she is special to our family personally, um, but loves on your kids all the time. Can we give a big hand clap for Miss Perla Hernandez? She's our volunteer of the month. <clears throat> Uh, just a quick story about her and her husband, Nick. They were in Midland with me and me and Natalie, you know, three or four years ago now. And when we were transitioning to, to Lubbock, uh, they were in our young adult group and really felt like the Lord was saying to ask them to come with us. And obviously, we, don't, we didn't take that lightly to ask someone to just pick up all their stuff and move with you is, is a, a really big request. But uh, we, it was during COVID, so we got on a Zoom call and uh, I'll never forget that moment, and I uh, just said, hey, got something to share with you. I really, really feel like the Lord wants you guys to come with us to Lubbock and help us plant and help us get things going. And uh, they just said, they, they prayed about it and said yes and moved all the way up here and are, are so thankful to be out of Midland, Texas. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's a rough place to live sometimes, but they, they have a lot of family down there. It wasn't easy for them, and they moved up and and helped us plant. Perla literally loves on your kids in elementary all the time, but she is one of those people that we can depend on. We can literally plug her into any classroom, and she's just a star, honestly. She's just unbelievable with your kids. So if you see her this month, give her a hug. Tell her thank you um, for taking care of your kids, um, because we all know it ain't easy back there, right? Come on, they're your kids and mine. I mean, I know, I know what mine are like. Uh, but yeah, would you just tell her thank you? And that, that'd be awesome. We honor her this month. All right, let's jump into the message today. Come on, say I'm ready. I want to talk to you today about performance. Say performance. I want to talk to you around the, the idea and the topic of performance. You know, if we're all super honest and we get really vulnerable in here today, we would admit that we all struggle with performance. Performance is something that is, it's, it seems to be a part of our human nature. We perform. We say, who do we perform for? Really everyone. We perform for God. We perform for others. Recently had this thought, you know, we don't just perform for God and others. We perform for ourselves. We love being able to put our head on that pillow at night knowing we did something. Knowing that we're awesome. Knowing that we helped someone. Knowing we, and, and none of those things are necessarily bad. But performance seems to be a part of our world. In fact, everything in culture, everything in the world that we walk, that we walk around in is based on performance, is it not? If you perform good, you get good. If you perform well in your job, you're going to get a promotion. You're going to get a raise. Come on, someone say amen to that. Say, I received that for me. <laughs> if you perform well just in 
certain relationships. You'll get invited more places. You'll get recognized. Performance just seems to be, it is the thing that we measure everything against in this world. It's, it's, it's the way that the world works. And there's nothing necessarily bad or good about it. It just, that's the way that it is. But I, wanna, I want to kind of take you into this idea today, into this revelation, and have you realize that performance actually, especially when it comes to your identity, doesn't actually work in the kingdom of God. Performing for God so that he'll love you more, pour more blessing on you, give you more favor is actually not his way. You want to know why? Because the reason you get more, the reason you get favor, the reason you get blessing is not because of your performance, but because of one performance and is what Jesus did on the cross. It is the finished work of the cross. It is the grace of God, the unmerited, undeserved favor of God on your life. It is not based on your performance. Now, one little caveat today. You know that you're actually still supposed to do something in the kingdom, right? I want you to hear it from the top of this message. I am not saying don't do anything. I'm not saying sit around, drink coffee, and that's what you all think pastors do. Don't be, that, be like that, all right? Go out and do something. There are things that Jesus, he walked around and he told us to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Be faithful with the little things and you'll be trusted with much. There's the parable of the talents where he came and he said, here's two, here's five, here's one. Do something with it. And because they did something with it, they were blessed because they did. Doing is fine. It's just, here's the thing. We don't do to get. We don't do to become. We don't do to be. Everything that we do actually, actually comes from this place of knowing who we are in Christ. Knowing what Jesus actually bought and paid for. I don't do all these great works so that God would love me. I do all these great works because God loves me. You see, we've been on this journey. If I could just take a moment and pull back the curtain, kind of get a 40,000 foot view of where we've been as a church this year. Um, we really started off talking a lot about grace, talking a lot about the new covenant, the fact that we don't live according to the law, we don't live in the old covenant, but we live in the new covenant of grace. The old law said, check these boxes. The new covenant says, Jesus checked all the boxes for you. And we get to lean in. It's, it's, hear me today. The new covenant is this. It matters more what you believe than what you do. This is the new covenant. It's more important what you, what you believe is more important than what you do. And that still ruffles my feathers, so I know it's still ruffling yours. But that is actually the new covenant. It is grace. In fact, if you want to do better, if you'll start believing better, you will. And we've been going down this road of grace, and, and, and if, I, if you could think of it that way, we've been discovering what Jesus bought and paid for. But you know where grace actually leads you? It leads you to a lot of places. But one place I believe it, it, it leads you first is it takes you to identity. Grace and identity go hand in hand. I don't know if you know this or not. The enemy is trying to steal your identity. He would love nothing more than for you to think wrong things about yourself. 
He would love nothing more than for you to identify with a lie, for you to identify with your past, for you, for you to identify with the sin and the mistakes that you've made. Why does he want you to identify or put your identity in those things? Because whatever you put your identity in is what you will become. If you identify as a sinner, you will be a sinner. You will act like a sinner. If you identify as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, guess what starts happening? Righteousness starts pouring out. You actually begin to, to walk in righteousness. You begin to walk in purity. You begin to walk in faithfulness. You begin to walk in power. Why? Because you know you didn't do anything to deserve it, earn it, but it's still there because of Jesus. And in Christ, you can do all things. See, grace actually begins to lead you in to identity. You start to discover, oh, I am righteous. You start to actually believe things about yourself that you've never believed before. Anybody started this journey? Anybody kind of been like, oh, wow, I think I, I am awesome? I'm Ron Burgundy? <clears throat> Pastors watch funny shows too. <clears throat> you start to think, oh, man, I'm, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. And you truly begin to grab hold of your identity in him. And then starts a really important journey. That's really what I want to talk around today. Once you begin to grasp everything that Jesus bought and paid for, the question then becomes, is that good enough? What I want to ask you today is this, is being a son enough? Is being a daughter enough? Your identity completely wrapped up in that one thing, I'm a child. Your identity completely wrapped up in I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the king. You have to ask yourself the question, is, is that enough? Now, I'll spoil the message. The answer to that question is yes. It actually is. But we're all on a journey actually discovering that yes. We're all in a process right now. As you sit here today, you're in this process of reminding yourself and renewing your mind to the fact that that actually is all that matters. It is enough. He is enough. So today, I'm, I want to just kind of share the goal of the message. Uh, it's that we would begin to identify the places in our life where we put our identity in something other than him, and that we would exchange that thing for him. Can we do that today? I'm not going to share some amazing thing that you've never heard before, some other revelation. I simply want to, to, to open up some doors in you and in your soul, or if you, if you would, you just begin to evaluate and look inward and say, are there, some, are, are there areas of my life where I have put my identity in something other than Jesus? And here's the great thing about it. You don't have to feel shame. You don't have to feel condemnation. You just have to repent, which is change the way that you think, and say, no, I, I take myself out of that. And, and Jesus, I put all that I, all that I am into you. I identify as a son and a daughter today. Can we do that? We're going to need some help today. Would you pray? Lord, we thank you.
We thank you for this moment. We ask you to help us do just that. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us um, just areas of our life that we need to just hand back over to you. Uh, Move in our life today. I pray that the word would do what it does, that it would encourage us, correct us, show us right from wrong, open up doors, open up knowledge and and revelation on the inside of us today. Yeah, we, we just, I just pray that we, we to, to give the word access. We, we give, Jesus, we give you access to our soul realm, to our spirit man, to our flesh today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. If you have your Bible, open up to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> this is Paul talking to believers, and he says this. He says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life in your real life. Come on, say real life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Where is your identity? In Christ, in God. Where is real life? In Christ. It's not in the car that you drive. It's not how big your house is. It's not how much money you make. It's not the clothes that you wear. It's it's not the shoes that you have. I wish there were a bunch of preachers in here. It's not the sneakers that you wear. How cool you might look, how trendy you might be, how awesome your hair is, how straight your beard is. It's it's, how not gray. I can't can't do that one anymore. it's, It's... Your real life, it's hidden with Christ. I I had this thought for the first time as I was driving to the church this morning. Um, God so wants us to be hidden in him, we're double hidden. We're hidden with Christ in God. That's how hidden he wants you to be. How much he wants you to put everything into him. Your real life, it's, it's hidden with him. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you'll share in all his glory. Verse 5, so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Verse 10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Here it is in verse 11. In this new life, what new life? The the, the new life that you have as a believer, the real life that is hidden in Christ. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. This is a huge statement to the church at the time. Because why? Because it used to matter if you were Jew or Gentile. It used to matter. You were either the chosen of God or you were heathen. You were going to heaven or you were going to hell. And here Paul is coming, and, he's, and he's, he's preaching this message of the new covenant of grace. And he's like, hey, bro, everyone, if you believe in Jesus, you're grafted in. 
You're grafted in. You, you get the benefits of being a child. You get the benefits of being that race. And here, this is what Paul is saying. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. If I could put it in Texas term, it doesn't matter if you're redneck or educated. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter if you have a little bit of money or a lot of money. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your language. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how short you are, how a little bit rounder you are or not. It does not matter. Yeah, he's like, eh, don't say that. <laughs> Notice what he says. Christ is all that matters. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. All of us. Those who believe in Jesus, Christ lives in you. He lives in you. I remember, I remember when I got cut from the NFL for the first time, and it was not a good day. Um, it, was, it was a really bad, bad day. Um, You've been here before. Have you ever worked for something extremely hard and you wanted something really, really bad and it still wasn't good enough? Anybody ever been in that place before? I'm going to take you back to grade school. Remember when you actually really did study and you still failed? <laughs> like you actually tried. You gave it your best shot and it's like, yeah, D. That's what you get. <clears throat> they said to you C if you didn't know. All right. Remember Scantrons, by the way? How cool were those things? I just need a Scantron just to, I just want to color in C. It'd make me feel better. I don't know why. Like, we've all been in this place where it's like we tried hard, we worked hard, and it wasn't good enough. This was that moment for me. I'd played football for 14 years straight. Since I was in the sixth grade, I'd always been a football player. And one morning, we'd played our last preseason game on a Thursday Friday, you just had to wait around and suffer. And then Saturday, they called to tell you if you made the team or not. And I got woken up by a 6 a.m. phone call saying, Keith, I need you to come in. We're going to release you. I literally told the guy, are you serious? He was like, yeah, you need to come in. I was like, oh, all right. <clears throat> and honestly, my whole world flipped upside down. In, in a lot of ways, I know this is kind of a trivial example. I know there's way more serious things in life. But Everything changed in this moment for, for me and my wife. I go in, um, Scout walks me up to the rooms, I met, meet with all the coaches, I'm ticked. I'm not sad, all the kids gone. You know what I'm about to say, I was really mad. <laughs> and uh, they, all, they all just blow smoke, you know, they're just like, oh man, we, it was it. I'm like, yeah, you didn't pick me, all right? And then I walk out and they're like, hey, do you want to get your stuff out of your locker room? I'm like, keep it all. I don't give a flip. <laughs> I'm out. Deuces. Left my monogram Bible and everything. Who does that, by the way? <laughs> but everything changed. Literally in less than an hour, I lost all my friendships. Not that we aren't friends anymore, but all my friends made the team. And when the season starts, there's no hanging out. Um, I got left in a city 
that I had no family. We had no family, nobody around us. The only reason we're living in St. Louis, Missouri is because I'm playing. So now I'm stuck in a city with nothing. Um, I went from the, 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 the top of the top, the best facilities in the world, and was left with a measly apartment <laughs> workout room. Dumbbells that went up to like 35 pounds and one treadmill. I'm just like, what? What has happened? What has happened? But what I didn't plan to lose that day was a little bit of my identity. I lost a little bit of identity that day. Now, if you would have come to me before that moment, I would have convinced you till I was blue in the face that all my identity was in Jesus. I knew enough by then to know that I was a son, that all my identity is in him. And I would have told you, because honestly, I didn't even really like football that much. I was like, I, it's, I'm not, I don't really put my identity over in this thing. Oh, until the moment it was taken away for the first time. And then I realized there was a part of me, not all of me, but there was a part of me that, was, that, 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 that felt, okay, who is Keith without football? I tell you that story today because you know what I've discovered in my relationship with God? Here's what I know about you and what you're going through. Here's what I know what's coming in your journey if it hasn't yet. There will be moments as you mature in your relationship with God that he will point out areas where you have put identity in that instead of him. And you can be convinced right now that all my, oh no, all my identity is in Jesus. And that's fine. That's great. Don't, don't feel shame. It's not a, not a bad thing. But trust me, along the journey, he will, he will begin to point out certain things to you and say, I know you feel like all your identity is in me, um, but, 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 but look at this thing. Remember how much it bothered you when so-and-so didn't invite you to that party? Now, it could have just hurt your feelings and that was it. Or... Or it could be that a little bit of your identity is in the fact that you have relationship with that person. Come on, am I preaching yet? There will be, see, it's the funny thing about God. As you mature and as you, as you give him everything, see, here's, you can't outgive God. So as you, as you are faithful with the little, he says he will bless you with much. Everyone believe that? Like, hey, I, I, I took my, my five talents. I didn't, I didn't bury them. I used them, and he brought me five more. He begins to bless your life. And here's the catch. As he begins to bless your life, you will have a decision to make. Do I let a little bit of my identity slip into this favor, slip into this more money, slip into these great relationships, slip into... Or do I keep my identity completely in Jesus? Jesus, thank you for the blessing, but I would be nothing without you. And it's this odd thing. One thing I don't want to do is I don't want to put ideas into your head like, well, am I putting my identity in that or not? It's like, just decide. You are or you're not. But be honest with yourself. But when you start to dig and you start to open up, you realize, oh, man. I actually care what people think too much. I put my identity in the car that I drive. Oh, man, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of love walking in, being the boss. 
walk into my business. I'm the man. Get to tell people what to do. This is great. Well, what if you didn't have that? How would you feel? Is being a son enough? Or do you want to be 90% son and 10% business leader? It, it's something that, honestly, we all struggle with, isn't it? <clears throat> Let's be honest. Raise your hand if you are the boss at work to some degree. No one? All right, sweet. You are? That's awesome, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I don't want to work for you the way you're looking at me right now. I'm just like, no. <clears throat> let's be honest. feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to be the leader. Good news for you. Nothing wrong with being the leader. It's an honor to be a leader. The Lord made you that leader. And all I'm asking you to do today is that have I put some identity in the fact that I'm leader? You want to know why this matters so much? It's because a life, that, a life lived where you put your identity in other things besides Jesus is a life that actually leads to performance. When you put your identity in anything else, in what people think about you, in your image, in how much money you make. The list goes on and on. If any, any bit of your identity starts to fall into those areas, guess what you will begin to do? You will begin to perform. You'll begin to perform for other people. You'll begin to perform for yourself. You'll begin to perform for God. And all of a sudden, you'll get wrapped up in all this performance. And you know what a life of performance leads to? It leads to anxiety, stress, undue pressure, unfulfillment, Anger, jealousy, bitterness, comparison. Why, why are you feeling all those things? You're feeling all those things because you're, if you be honest, you're performing. And we all do it. I wrote it down this way. A life of performing for our, our identity is not the way of the kingdom, and it is settling for a life far less than what Jesus bought and paid for. You know what a life of performing will do? It will lead you to take jobs you shouldn't. <clears throat> Why did you take that job? Well, because I wanted to make more money. Why did you want to make more money? So I'd feel better about myself. Why you want to feel better about yourself? I don't know, Pastor. Why do I want to feel better about myself? <clears throat> you see, it'll lead you to take jobs you shouldn't. I need the music for this one. You ready? It'll lead you to wear clothes you shouldn't. You want to be approved by man? You want attention? Your identity isn't completely, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. Now, ain't nothing wrong with looking good. I look great today. Got a t-shirt on, 
not all stuffy, feel relaxed, comfortable shoes. Nothing wrong with that. Are you putting your identity in it, though? When you're performing, it'll lead you to say things you shouldn't say. It'll lead you to do things you shouldn't do. You know, sometimes when your identity isn't in all the way in Jesus, it's, you know, when your identity seems to be in your image, one of the downfalls is you can actually miss out on what God is doing in the room. You, you really, you, you're so worried about yourself and how you might look in front of other people that you, you're afraid to lift your hands. You're afraid to be led to your knees or on your face or to go and pray for that person or whatever it is because you feel so insecure. Come on, we've all been there because fear of man is a real thing. But you want to know what gets rid of fear of man? Hiddenness. Understanding grace, understanding the love of God on your life. But man, when you're performing and you're stuck in this place of identity, man, it can have you miss out on certain things. Here, thank God he's so gracious, he'll bring you the opportunity again. Come on, I said he'll bring you the opportunity again. You don't have to worry, oh, how, yeah, we've all missed it. But he's gracious enough to bring the opportunity back around that mountain and to give you another moment in a service and to give you another moment to pray for that person and to give you another moment to say, oh, no, Lord, my identity is so hidden in you. I'm a son and I'm a, and I'm a daughter. So if I look stupid, I stay a son. If I look dumb, I'm still a daughter. We see in scripture the story of, of Paul when he, when he kind of reprimands Peter. You remember this? Peter's with the group and he's talking and hanging with all the Gentiles, but then some distinguished Jews show up and Peter just kind of walks on over and sits with the Jews and stops paying attention to all the Gentiles. And what does Paul do? What he always does. He just opens his mouth. And he's like, oh, Peter, you remember that time when Jesus did that whole thing where it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile anymore? Why are you just hanging out with the circumcised and not the un? Why are you hanging out with those people? You're even leading people astray. You want to know why Peter did that? It's because he was performing. He was performing. He just, he didn't quite have his identity all the way in God, all the way in Christ. <clears throat> Come on, I want to let you know today I'm preaching this message to myself. If you get something out of it, cool. If not, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, this is, because this is, I didn't really mean that. This is something that we all deal with. see people all the time. As a pastor, I get to see this all the time. You'll see, I've had multiple encounters where I'm in the presence of someone or they come up to me and they want to let me know that they've been a pastor before. And they want to let me know all the things that they've done. Now, sometimes it's just genuine. It is what it is but sometimes they're wanting to be known. They're insecure. 
it just, I know a lot, a, lot, a lot of this message has been convicting. When I'm actually leading you into a place, I'm actually opening up a door for you to discover there is a life that I can live where I don't have to perform for anybody. What freedom? You don't have to perform for God. You don't have to perform for others. You don't have to perform for yourself. You're a son. You're a daughter. And in those moments where you feel insecure, what should you do? You, you just, oh, no, I'm a daughter. There's a call on my life just like there's a call on theirs. There's a destiny for my life just like them. You love me just as much as you love them, God. And you settle in. You settle into your, your real identity, your true self, your real life. Your real life is hidden with Christ and God. Say, Pastor, you have no idea what I did in my past. You're right. I don't. Jesus does, and where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound. He's forgiven you, so I don't hold anything against you. You aren't your past. You aren't your mistake. You are not your sin, sir. You're not your sin. You're not your mess up. You are who God says you are. That is who you are. How on earth could that be? Grace. Because of Jesus. Let's, let's get out of our past. Let's get out of our past and let's stay out of the blessing that he gives us, if that makes sense. Receive it, walk in it, like, like enjoy it. But man, this is just a cherry on top because the ultimate goal and the ultimate thing is Christ. The ultimate thing is I'm son. The ultimate thing is I'm daughter. You say, well, I don't feel like that sometimes. Me neither. But the more you settle into the revelation, the more you realize, is being a son enough? It is. And what I saw the Lord doing today prophetically, I had a vision of him doing this. I, ha I saw him reaching up, if you will allow him to do this, I saw him reaching up and taking, like, taking you out of the worlds that you have put yourself in the worlds of uh, the, the places you have put your identity, whether it be in how much money you make, the car that you drive, your image, the people that you're associated with or not, the insecurities, the talents and the abilities that you have, the fact that you can do this better than most people. And I saw him, if you will allow him, I saw him reaching up and taking you out of that world and just holding you in the palm of his hand. If you could just, if you could just take a moment, if we, just, if we were able just to strip back everything, I, mean, I want to take away every title that you have or that you've ever had. Take away the mistakes take away the talents. Just, just, just take away all the things that the world comes on and they just butt tap you about. Sorry, it's the best way I could describe that. <clears throat> oh, great job. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, you're awesome. Butt tap, butt tap. Just erase all of that. If you could just strip all that away and realize that person is good enough.
that person is accepted. That person is approved. That person is deeply loved more than he could ever uh, hope for or imagine. That person is rooted and grounded in the love of God. You, you just, as a daughter, you can't get any more love than you are in that place. Like that's, that's for real. That's the truth of the gospel. That is the truth of this word. <clears throat> Why? Why do I think this is important? Because I believe that a life hidden, I believe that a life completely identifying with who you are in Christ is actually the life that Jesus bought and paid for and is actually a life that is better than you could ever imagine. It's a life not performing. <laughs> Wish Braden was here. If you wanna wear Eddie Bauer, wear Eddie Bauer. If you want to wear old man shoes, put them on, baby. Wear those Brooks everywhere you go. I'm already there. I'm already there. <clears throat> it's, it's free from the grind of life. Do you still have to work? Do you still have to do? Do you still have to? Yeah, absolutely. You just do it with a new motivation. I am loved. I am favored. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.